Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Contract negotiations affecting workers at 29 West Coast ports will begin today. The California Report's Angela Corral has the story. The talks between the International Longshore and Warehouse Union and the Pacific Maritime Association are happening amid pandemic safety issues and growing imports that created long queues of ships waiting to offload cargo. The PMA's Jim McKenna says hours, wages, and working conditions will all be discussed. Hopefully everybody is focused to the point that there will be no further disruption to a fragile supply chain. Um, And I think we're going in with that spirit of cooperation, right? But until you get to the table, until you see the the demands that come across and the proposals that that go across, you know, you're really at a wait and see moment in time. In a statement, ILWU International President Willie Adams says workers are looking forward to a contract that, quote, honors, respects, and protects good American jobs. The current contract expires on July 1st, but both sides say they expect negotiations to extend beyond that date. For the California Report, I'm Angela Corral. In other state labor news, some 2,000 employees at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles are expected back on the picket line today. It's part of a week-long strike over what their union claims are low wages and poor working conditions. Among those who have walked off the job are nursing assistants, surgical technicians, and environmental service workers. Doctors and registered nurses aren't part of the strike, and hospital officials say the facility is fully functioning. The two sides are expected back at the bargaining table today. If they don't come to an agreement, the strike will continue through Friday evening. A survey released today reveals wage theft is still a big problem for more than half a million fast food workers in California. As KQED's Farida Javala Romero reports, more than eight in 10 workers surveyed said employers have shorted them on their paychecks. A lot of people presume fast food workers are teenagers making some extra cash. But in California, most are adult people of color, many immigrants with families and kids to feed and house. Mi nombre es María Bernal. Soy madre soltera de, de tres hijos. María Bernal is a single mother of three who works at a jack-in-the-box near Sacramento. Bernal says for years, she often worked double shifts of 14 hours a day. But she was paid for only about two-thirds of that time. Bernal says things got really difficult about two years ago when she fell behind on rent and the family was evicted. She says she and her kids slept in their car for about six months. She says the worst thing about that experience was living in constant fear somebody would break into the car while they were sleeping in it. 
Over the years, she estimates her employer has cheated her out of more than $86,000 in unpaid wages. She figured this out with help from union organizers who are pushing for legislation to address what they say is a long-standing and pervasive problem in California. The impact of wage theft, it is criminal. David Huerta is president of Service Employees International Union, or SEIU, California. The union funds the Fight for 15 campaign, which issued the 2022 California Fast Food Wage Theft Survey. Bilingual outreach workers talk to more than 400 employees across the state. That's not a huge survey, but its findings mirror others. Among the facts, most of the employers shorting their employees are franchises. So when you visit a jack-in-the-box, for example, that restaurant is likely owned by somebody who's paying the company for representing the brand. And Huerta says that's a big part of the problem. It's the pecking order of the injustice that happens that starts from the very top with the corporations who then squeeze the franchisees, who then squeeze the fast food workers. Corporations like KFC or Taco Bell control a lot about how a franchise operates, from what the store looks like, to the hours, to the price of those meals you see advertised on TV. Mix and match the egg McMuffin, sausage McMuffin with egg, or bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. With any two for just $5? The report notes McDonald's made billions in profit during the pandemic because fast food didn't shut down. But store owners? Not so much, says Ken Jacobs, who chairs the UC Berkeley Labor Center. It becomes very difficult to run a, a profitable store and follow uh, labor and employment laws. Jacob says one thing franchisees can control is what they pay employees. That's what makes shaving paychecks an attractive option for employers looking to bolster slim profit margins, he says. And so who's the the real responsible party there is the corporate headquarters. They're the ones who are setting the rules that are creating this situation. But who the law currently holds accountable is the store owner because they're the ones who are making those decisions on the ground. A bill pending in the state capitol would make California the first in the nation to shake that system up by making fast food corporations liable for violations at their franchises. AB 257, known as the Fast Recovery Act, passed the Assembly. Now it faces a battle in the Senate. David Huerta with the SEIU, which co-sponsored the bill, says lawmakers should support food workers who were considered essential just a few months ago. Fast food workers understand that they are victims of a system that's been, you know, cars that have been stacked against them, and they want a change. Industry lobbyists, like the International Franchise Association, say corporations don't own the individual franchise stores and don't make employment decisions there. They also say the survey's findings are misleading because of its small sample size of roughly 400 respondents. A spokesman for McDonald's says they increased wages for workers by 10% at company-owned restaurants in 2021, and that many of its franchises also raised wages. Jack in the Box, Subway, Taco Bell, and others did not return a request for comment on the bill or the report's findings. Neither did Maria Bernal's employer. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. 
the land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Prosecutors in Kings County in Central California have dropped a murder charge against a woman in connection with a stillbirth in late 2017. Adora Perez acknowledged using methamphetamine during the pregnancy. She was initially charged with murder, but pleaded no contest of voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to 11 years in prison. The state's murder law was amended in 1970 to include the death of a fetus. But in January of this year, State Attorney General Rob Bonta issued a legal interpretation, arguing it was only intended to criminalize violence done to pregnant women that caused fetal death. Bonta applauded the decision to drop the murder charge, calling it a victory for justice. In San Francisco, the NAACP chapter is calling on the city to take action in support of Asian American and Pacific Islander communities who faced an increase in hate crimes. KQED's Maria Fernanda Bernal reports. Local NAACP head Reverend Amos Brown says the mayor and the board of supervisors should increase enforcement of hate crime laws. Brown also called for state and federal law enforcement agencies to get involved, for citizens to report hate crimes, and for the city to improve mental health services for the unhoused. Brown said offenders... Be responsible, and all persons in our citizenry must be responsible to say, hey, these are human beings, and we must treat them with compassion and kindness. But we will not let them get away with brutalizing and causing pain and injury. Police say reports of hate crimes against Asian Americans in San Francisco rose by 567% in 2021. For the California Report, I'm Maria Fernanda Bernal in San Francisco. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, May 10th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! 
Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.